Let me warm out it. Good morning. Welcome to our Brunpen Studios where we tackle contentious issues that affect our Christian world on a daily basis. Well, a topic for discussion this morning, you would probably say, I will never be a victim. This only happens to other people. When your child falls pregnant. Well, in desperation, I reached out and grabbed denial. I thought, no, no, no. No, this can't be true. There must be a terrible mistake. But it didn't take long for denial to slip away and reality to set in, followed by feelings of sadness and disappointment, fear, anger, and ultimately feelings of failure. I was absolutely devastated. When your teenage daughter first breaks the news to you, you feel shock. Disappointment, despair, even embarrassment, all of those feelings at once. You may think all of her or our hopes and dreams, our plans are over. Some parents even feel a sense of guilt, thinking if only they had done more to protect their child, this wouldn't have happened. It may not be good news, and yet it doesn't have to be the end of the world either. I want to say this to you, you can make it through. And eventually, hurt will be transformed into anger. It happens. You might think, I couldn't understand why my daughter has chosen so unwisely. She's been taught Christian values and the importance of making wise choices from a very young age. She knew God's word and what it says about sexual immorality and that sex was reserved for the marriage and the marriage only. Just a few years earlier, she had made a pledge of purity, perhaps in a promise to God, to her parents, to a future husband, and most of all, to herself. And now this, Mom, I'm pregnant. If your teen is about to become a mother, or your son has fathered a child, it can be very overwhelming for all of you right now. How can you support your child? through the challenges that lies ahead. Well, stay tuned as Brunton this morning looks at children having children and how Christian parents should handle a teenage daughter who has fallen pregnant. Don't stray or go away as we'll be back with our respondents right after this. On the line, as promised, I've got our respondent, Danielle Gradwell, a director from the Pregnancy Help Center. But let her introduce herself. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us here at the Brunpunt. Uh, just in a nutshell, your background bio, please. Um, hi, thanks very much for having me on your show. So my background is one of training and development. I worked in a, a development agency in the late 80s, early 90s, developing training material and doing some facilitation. And then I did a lot of freelance work and and then studied life coaching and uh, did a study of theology. And then I joined in 2005, I joined a pregnancy help center, a local one, as the executive director. I then led that for about 11 years, um, introducing programs, building it up. And in 2014, I joined what used to, what we used to be called Africa Cares for Life. I joined that in 2014 full-time. And we actually changed our name in an unofficial capacity, a trading as name to Pregnancy Help Network last year. 
Danielle, wonderful. Uh, I'm glad you said you study theology as well. I've got one or two questions from uh, God's Word as well, so absolutely wonderful. Can I start by asking you, with regards to our topic of discussion this morning, what are the stats, if any, about teenage pregnancies in South Africa? Uh, do we have any stats? So it's really, it's really hard to get um, accurate stats. You know, it's, it's, it's mostly from 2017. I think in 2017 there were there was talk of 53,000 teenage pregnancies. So that's a, a lot of school going age of um, children falling pregnant. But you know, I mean, it's I, I just I, I can't get more accurate than that. We don't we don't really focus on statistics in pregnancy help network. We have to have them, but we don't focus on them. Talking about the teenagers that fall pregnant, what advice can you give? Let's start with the parents here first. Handling the emotions, the shock, the denial that this has happened, what do you normally say to parents? Well, funny enough, what I normally say to them is something you mentioned earlier to me, and it was that for them it feels as though it could be the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, but that's what it feels like. And so for many parents, shock and anger and denial and grief are all in the mix while they are coming to terms with the fact that probably, number one, they didn't even know that their teenager was sexually active or even had a boyfriend in many cultures, to now the fact that they're going to bring a child into the world when they are just children themselves. And so, understandably, parents have a whole plethora of emotions to work through themselves before they can even start supporting their, their child through yeah. their decision-making process. Danielle, would you even say uh, a, a certain sense of guilt, thinking if they had only done more to protect their child, this wouldn't have happened? I think for some, they, they would. They would they would feel guilty and they would, um, you know, beat themselves up for perhaps missing certain signs. But, you know, teenagers can also be very devious and hide a lot of things. So we would work through that with the parents, but it's, it's you know, not their fault. But as much as you said it for the teenager, it means for the parents as well, it's not the end of the world, is it? No, it's not. It feels like it, though. I really want to say, you know, we are trained to listen to to not only words but feelings, and so really, it, it, I would, I would never say to a parent it's not the end of the world because for them the reality is it feels like that. So yeah. we we really are trained to get into the hole with the with the client, whether it's the parents or or, or the child, the teenager, and just help them navigate that that that, 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 that those different yeah. emotions that they feel. Uh, perhaps a grassroots question: Do we, as a family, then keep it a secret? Or do we share the news? Uh, how do we share it and with whom? Well, I think that depends on the, the individual families. I just think stuff that, that we want to keep in secret has a way of, of not staying in secret. And so it's not as much of a stigma as it was many, many years ago. But still, you know, people feel like the, some of the, the range of emotions might be what will the neighbors say, what will the church say, what will the other family members say. So we, we, we don't give advice, we, don't, we encourage action, but action that is decided by the, the person in crisis, not ourselves. So I would work with whatever, as a crisis pregnancy counsellor, I would work with the, those parents about their reality and just help them engage and think yeah. through the consequences of keeping things secret. So you can only keep a pregnancy secret for so long. 
Yeah, that's, that's true. So, so what about the options then open to the pregnant teenager? What options definitely not even to consider? What do you normally say to them? We have um, a little booklet that is generated, that is developed in South Africa, and it talks very frankly and very openly about the four options that are available. And obviously, the four options are termination of the pregnancy, adoption, parenting, and foster. And foster is something that's not so easily available in South Africa due to a lack, a shortage of foster parents and even places of safety where children can go. So we would say to the client, which, which, you know, what do you want to talk about? And that might sound like, a, like we are, you know, maybe for the, the option of abortion, but we, we aren't. We, all our centers are life-affirming centers. So we know that abortion comes with its own set of consequences. And um, but we also are very non-directive in the in the support that we give. We would rather people make an informed choice, knowing the risks, knowing yeah. what could happen on the other side of that decision. You use the word non-directive, but as a teenager, young girl with no life's experience, surely do you speak to her alone? Then do you speak with her, with her with her parents present? And 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 surely one way or the other, you you can give us some guidance. Not so. Yeah. So a lot of teenagers would come to us without their parents. It's not often that we have family intervention. And if, if the family did bring her, I would, at first, I would say speak to the family alone, then the, then the teenager alone, and then possibly together after that. But it's not our role to give advice. If they don't have, if their parents don't know, we might encourage or pursue what it would look like for her to tell her parents, just because we know that most teenagers are not in a position to make lifelong decisions. They, they haven't developed that rational side of their brain yet to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So we would definitely encourage her to speak to her significant people in her life, whether they're parents or guardians or you know whoever is, is their primary caregiver. But we also have to respect that they may well decide to keep it, keep it quiet, bearing in mind that a teenager at 12 can make an appoint- a decision to terminate her pregnancy. What's the youngest teenager you've ever seen met that's, that's fallen pregnant? Oh, wow, 13. 13? 13. Some other pregnancy centre leaders might tell you even younger. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. We easily talk about the girls here, but what about a son if he's fathered a child out of wedlock? What would that sort of conversation be with him? Well, I'm so glad you asked because actually we are we are in the, in at the moment we are actually um, focusing a lot on trying to encourage the dads to also seek help because you know they also in crisis if they know about the pregnancy they they can also be in crisis and largely there's nobody for them to speak to and so he is at the mercy of whatever the the mother decides except for adoption. That's the only choice that she can make where she would need his consent. She can decide to have an abortion or she can decide to parent without any uh, input from him. So we really encourage the moms, the the teenage moms, you know, by asking where is the dad? Is he he available to come in and talk? And so you can make a decision together because this is not just you. You know, you didn't just fall pregnant on your own. What if he's a teenager himself? Well, then, again, I mean, the same kind of thing. We would speak to them about the consequences of, 
of parenting, what it would look like, how would it interrupt their, 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 their goals and dreams? Would it be possible? Who would, who would be there to support them? And so for many teenagers, they, they will think it's the end of the world. It's the end of their, their education, having a baby. So we would want to coach them through the fact that they, you know, it's, it's not impossible yeah. to complete your education, yeah. even though you're pregnant. But really what we like to do, what we are trained to do, is to highlight the consequences of each choice. There's no easy way out of an unplanned pregnancy. And I always tell all clients that, not just teenagers, there's no easy way out. Every single choice is going to come with its own set of consequences and its own pain in a way. Yeah, there's always a price to pay. Talking it's about that, talking about that, that, that consequences and the price to pay. You think the church? You've studied theology yourself. You think the church yeah. have a role to play in these circumstances? Oh, I, you know, I can, I can speak forever about this topic, and I don't want to offend any church leaders. But just in our circles where we talk about this, we just say the church, the, the, many, or not the church, many churches don't actually include this kind of even you know sexual health education the just god's plan for for sexuality that we don't include it it's something of which we don't speak in the churches and yet we we want young people to make healthy sexual choices but where are they getting their information from if they're getting it from school life life orientation class they're going to get a skewed version of what is sexually healthy I'm sure you know about the Comprehensive Sexual Education Act that's been, I don't know if it's been passed yet, but just, I, I just feel like, I think, I think churches in general, and I know there's some who are doing this beautifully and very well, but I think in general, we, we are the church. We as a church need to be having these conversations with young people. I used to teach a sexual, sexually healthy program in the schools when I was a pregnancy centre leader. And I remember asking the question, who do you speak to about sex? Or where did you learn about sex? Who learned from their parents? And it's overwhelming how few hands went up. And when I asked about the church, again, few hands. So most of them would learn from media or their friends. So, Danielle, there are ministers, pastors, reverends, bishops listening to you right now. What would your message be then to them? I would say see if there's a pregnancy help center in your community and and support it. Become friends with them. Find out what they do. Encourage them to come to your church and speak. Just let's open open this box. Let's open the conversations. Let's start speaking about even, you know, the option of abortion. And that's also something we don't ever speak about in church. And yet I know that there are people sitting in congregations who have gone through this decision themselves, and, and they're just keeping quiet about it. And because it's so full of shame for, for many of them, you know, they would feel guilty. They'd feel like I can't be a believer and having, uh, you know, gone through this in my past. And I think we really need to bring these things out into the light and allow the light of Jesus to shine on these on these issues. And so people will receive healing and yeah. we will have more conversations about these things, yeah. these issues in our society. The foundation of it all, even of abortion and unplanned pregnancies, is really that people are not understanding the concept of family and the importance of family in society and what does a healthy family look like. 
I think that's the root, the root cause of it all. But teenage pregnancy is not a cultural issue, is it? it I mean, it's across no. the divide, irrespective of race, creed or color. It can happen to anybody. And the more so to Christians, you might think your child's a Christian. You've raised the, the importance of making wise choices from a young age. You knew what God's word says about sexual immorality. Sex is reserved for the marriage, so on and so forth. And it still happens to our Christian children as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, peer pressure, there's, you know, pressures, all kinds of pressures on teenagers, pressures to fit in, pressures to do what their friends are doing, pressures to feel accepted, pressures to feel loved. You know, there's so many reasons why a young person will decide or not decide to have yeah. to be sexually active. You speak freely about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you got any idea and do you give any advice from the scriptures as to what the Bible says about children born out of wedlock? Well, all... All volunteer counsellors at all pregnancy centres. I mean, the, the the very essence of what we do is, you know, is 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 motivated by our love for the Lord and sharing the gospel. So that's the that's our umbrella vision for all of us. And but and and we are trained. We we have a wonderful training course called Equip to Serve, where we actually train people to minister to those who have are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, not only teenagers but all ages. And we are trained to to look for the window of opportunity so that the conversation can turn to a spiritual side, that we can just assess where the person is. Yeah. And because when you're in crisis, that's when you're most open to a, to transforming, to a transformation of some sort. You know, God can reveal himself to people very powerfully through a crisis. And so sometimes people might turn away from the Lord in a crisis or the opportunity to turn, to make some lasting change and turn towards the Lord. And we know that. Yeah. So we are trained to, to, to go there, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's, what's the word, relevant, you know, yeah. if it's, if it's, if it's the right thing to do at the time. Because we also don't want to prey on those who are vulnerable either you know, with kind of fear tactics. I mean, that's not ministry, that's manipulation. So we're very sensitive to the timing of everything. Danielle, I'm speaking to Danielle, a gradual director of the Pregnancy Help Center, and we're talking about a teenage pregnancy. You've spoken about teenagers, girls as young as 13, young teenage boys that father children. Um, at what stage... At, uh, do you get the law involved? Uh, when does things become, you know, a bit of a problem? And, and are you forced by the law to bring in the judicial systems because of the age gaps? Does that play a role here? Well, yes, because, you know, if a, chi- if a, a, a girl is under a certain age, it's, um, you know, illegal for somebody older to have sex with her. Yeah. So if they're, if they're roughly the same age, then mostly, you know, uh, I'm not really sure. I haven't had a case like that yeah. where it, it would, it's, it's not as serious as somebody who's much older, obviously taking advantage of somebody who is underage. Oh, right. So, yes, we, 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 we are required by law to report any crime. So whether the crime is one of, you know, a crime that's been committed at home against the teenager, we would, if we don't report it, you know. Yeah. Danielle, we can get into trouble. Danielle, put it in a nutshell for us. Uh, time has caught up with us. To the family, to this young girl, maybe somebody listening to us right now, going through this very, very situation where the teenage girl is pregnant, the family, tumultuous times for everybody. 
uh, put it to bed for us, where do they turn to for help? Um, what, what would the first steps be once something like that, this happens to your family? And, and as you said right in the beginning of, the, uh, of our chat, this is not the end of the world. So put it in a nutshell for us, please. I would like to say to all, reach out to a pregnancy centre in your community. If you have never heard of a pregnancy help centre, you've got no idea what they are or if there is one. We have a Facebook page called Pregnancy Help South Africa. And that is a first intervention where we can then start talking to those people who are experiencing this and then to direct them to the nearest help. Now, there is not a pregnancy centre in every community in South Africa. That's our vision is to make sure there is one. And we're working hard at that. But there is help available. Talk to somebody. Don't keep this, you know, don't keep quiet about it. That that doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody to keep quiet about it. You need to know what options you have. You need to know what what support there is out there. And we are trained to give that. So just to, to recap, I am the director of the Pregnancy Help Network, which is a network of 70-odd centers around South Africa and some in Zimbabwe. And so that's and my role is to equip and connect pregnancy centers around South Africa with yeah. the resources they need and start centers. And as you said during our conversation, it's important for churches to get involved as well and become part of what you guys are doing. Yeah, and ch- I mean, we need the churches' friendship. We need their support. We need their encouragement. We need their prayer. We need to take hands. And honestly, if, if you know, it, some centers have been born out of churches that have, have decided that they want to do something about this this issue of helping young people navigate these big big decisions when they're facing an yeah. unplanned pregnancy. Speaking to a mother listening to you right now, who's going through this whole issue now, her daughter has fallen pregnant. What would your heart say to another woman's heart listening to you right now? I would say, and and it's it's not it's not easy to say this, and I don't mean it in an easy way, but I would say, try not to panic. Reach out to somebody who can help you because you are going to need all the help you can get in order to help your child. And so I would really encourage, I mean, pregnancy centers are not just for the clients. They're also there to support parents as well. So I would say reach out. Reach out to somebody for help. Reach out to somebody who can, who can help you so that you can be a help to your, your daughter or your son. And that young son, that young daughter listening to you right now, if you have to end off your final words to her, to him. Well, I would say the same thing. Don't panic. Try not to navigate this on your own. I would encourage him to speak to people who can offer some kind of support, even though it's scary. The, the scariest thought is to tell your parents or your guardians or whatever, but this is a, a very difficult road to travel on your own. And and if you, if, if you really can't do that right now, you can reach out on Facebook to Pregnancy Help South Africa, and a trained counsellor will listen to you and will um, will help you, help support you. There is guidance, there is direction. Most of all, it's not the end of the world. And there's some wonderful Christian people who speak unashamedly of the goodness of a loving God who's willing to stretch out their hands and help you. Remember the name, Pregnancy Help SA. The place to contact, Danielle Gradwell. Thank you so much for chatting to us here at Brandpunt. It's my pleasure.